Are you struggling with all of the messages about Mother's Day and how wonderful it will be to honor mothers, but you're not even sure what motherhood means after you've lost your baby? There's no harder holiday to cope with for moms of stillborn babies than on Mother's Day. That's why I'm hosting a free support session called Coffee and Comfort on Sunday, May 12th at 11 o'clock Eastern. We'll get together for an hour before the day gets started and talk about the guilt and what-ifs that so often come after this type of loss. And I'll help you create a plan for the day that honors both you and your baby. The best part is we'll gather together with other lost moms who really get exactly how you're feeling so you won't feel alone. Together, we'll navigate Mother's Day and learn how to get through this tough holiday with ease. Save your seat at jennifersend.com slash coffee or click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. I'm Jennifer Sen, a certified life coach, married mama of two sons, twin angel babies, and a rainbow baby, and this is the Navigating Baby Loss podcast. I'm on a mission to help stop the isolation, shame, and lack of self-confidence that often comes with stillbirth loss, and to show you that you still deserve to live the life you've dreamed of. Pull up a cozy seat, pour a cup of coffee, and prepare to hang out with a caring friend who's been through it and can show you the way. I wanted to call it Navigating Baby Loss because in my experience, it's been a lifelong journey. It's something that never leaves you. It's something you never get over. And there are pieces of it that show up in every area of your life, throughout the rest of your life. Welcome to the very first episode of the Navigating Baby Loss podcast. I'm Jennifer Sen, and I am so excited you are here. I'm so excited to be here, even though I realize as I say that, that Neither one of us really wants to be here, but I have been an avid podcast listener for many years, and I know the magic that podcasting can bring through your earbuds to you in your own space and time, and so many times the message that I get from a podcast comes to me at the exact time and place that I need it the most, so I'm really hoping that I can I get to bring that to you. The things that I have planned for you here in this podcast are going to bring you so many things. But above all, my main goal is to just let you know that you're not alone. You're not alone in what you're thinking. You're not alone in what you're feeling. You are not alone. In In this first episode, I want to just tell you why a little bit about why I decided to start this podcast and more about me who I am and in my own story. I have a mission to bring to light this, the toll that this tragic event takes on women's mental and physical health, and just hopefully give you some inspiration and permission and information, permission to live your life again, despite your loss. Stillbirth loss is so lonely and so isolating especially when we live in a society that tells us to just don't talk about it, stuff it down, move on, forget about it, have another baby, you know, you know, all the things that are said. And 
it's really not, it's really unfair because if it was a traditional death, we're allowed to talk about it openly, mourn the loss of someone. If we remember them years later, it's even just an honor. But in the case of a stillbirth loss, it's really a taboo subject. We're made to feel like we need to keep our feelings to ourselves, preserve everyone else's comfort, don't talk about it. So this is why I wanted to create this. I wanted to create this podcast for us to have a safe space to talk about all the things that lost parents go through. And I I wanted to call it navigating baby loss because in my experience, it's been a lifelong journey. It's something that never leaves you. It's something you never get over. And there are pieces of it that show up in every area of your life throughout the rest of your life. Relationships suffer following loss. You might struggle with your marriage or your relationship with your partner. Your friendships change. They feel really different if the other person doesn't understand what you're dealing with. Jealousy is front and center, especially when you're once, you know, when close to you announces their new baby or their new pregnancy or shows up with their new baby. Your work life is affected. You you might not be as focused or lack enthusiasm. I'm going to discuss all the topics that relate to what parents of loss need and are facing during the loss of their stillborn. And I encourage you to let me know what topics you would like to have covered as well. I have an amazing network of experts that I'm excited to bring into to bring us their own special dose of inspiration. I'm a pregnancy loss recovery coach, as well as a bereaved mother of twin girls that were stillborn at 32 weeks. What I know for sure is that there's a beautiful full life, even after loss. I promise I am not here to be Pollyanna and tell you all the ways I made it easy. In fact, quite the opposite. I am here willing to talk openly, honestly, and raw about my experience and what I've learned along my own journey. And I'm going to give you all the best practices that my clients use that are helpful in their journey to recovery. My life right now is unrecognizable compared to what I thought it would be. But it took me years of learning and suffering that I needed to have understanding, compassion with myself and just to allow the process of grieving to take place in its own time and way. So whether your loss happened yesterday or 50 years ago, my mission with this podcast is to bring you inspiration, hope, and comfort. I'm going to share all of our stories and find ways that honor the gifts our babies' short little lives brought to us, because I promise there's lots of them. I'll start by telling you about my story. My husband and I were married for nine years. We had two little boys. They were two and five when I found out that I was pregnant again. I'm not a medical expert, but I had seen enough sonograms to know that what I saw on the screen that day looked different, and there were definitely two sacks at least. After the doctor confirmed that suspicion, um, When we went back out to the car, we were in shock, and I sat in the car, closed the door, and cried. I was so excited about having another baby. We wanted another baby, but all of a sudden, two at one time seemed really overwhelming when we already had two really busy little boys. 
We eventually adjusted to the news and within a short amount of time, couldn't imagine our life any other way. Started making all the preparations in case they were born early because twins, twins sometimes are. And everything went relatively well. It was, it was just a lot. It was kind of a crazy time, but I had just had my 32 week appointment on a Tuesday and the doctor told me that everything was so great that I had a textbook case for a twin pregnancy. So I went home. I was feeling pretty good. Everything was really great. Um, we were working on the nursery. Things were getting ready. That weekend, I didn't feel that great. But I knew as they were growing bigger, things were going to get harder. It was a lot of babies in a small space. And um, so I woke up Monday morning, and I didn't feel any movement. And with two babies in there, and being as far along as I was, I, I really had a pretty good sense of their personalities. I knew who was moving, usually at what times, which one was more active, which one had hiccups more often. I, you know, there was one that rolled more than the other. It was very, there was a lot going on. Um, so to not feel any movement was alarming, but I typically do try to, you know, try to talk myself into thinking that it was, they were bigger. They weren't, there wasn't any more, there's not a lot of room in there to move around. They just weren't moving as much. So I did all of the things, drank the orange juice, I laid down, I did all the wake up things that you're told to do. And I just had a feeling of dread. I called my doctor, they told me to come right in, or it felt like hours, maybe, but they told me to come in. So I drove myself in. It's funny, I I don't even remember what happened to my who was taking care of my boys, but I'm sure they were taken care of. Um, it's all it becomes a blur, but I took off by myself, drove myself to the doctor where I had sonogram technician after sonogram technician after sonogram technician until they went and got the doctor. And I knew, I knew at that point when the doctor came in, what was what was going to be said, those terrible four words. He wanted me to go to the hospital to have a higher level sonogram, just, I suppose, just in case. Actually, my husband is a physician assistant and he worked in the emergency room and happened to be working there that day. So he met me there um, he, in, the, in the sonogram room and... We got the official news that our dream of our little perfect family of two boys and two girls was over. We were given the option to stay there or to go home and come back the next day and be induced. But I chose to go home. I wanted to be home with our boys and talk to our families and just have one night at home, even though it was terrible. It was terrible to be home knowing that your babies were gone. We went the next day for the induction. And as was true with my first two babies, my body does not like to go into labor by itself. But they were pretty insistent that I didn't have a C-section scar on top of 
all of the other things I was dealing with. So they and we did tried induction for three days. And for three days, my husband was there tirelessly. Our families were in and out. Everyone was looking at me. No one was talking. No one knew what to say. I didn't know what to say. It was, it was a, it was a hard time. But finally, at the end of the third day, I knew when I had enough and enough was enough. So we did a C-section late at night and, and then proceeded to leave the hospital with nothing. Came home, planned a funeral, bought some burial plots. And then what? Now what? It's, it's so, it's just that question of what happens now. I really just thought my my life was over. That was it. I would never feel happiness again. If I ever did feel happiness again, it meant that I wasn't a good mother because I have these babies who were gone. And the rest of my life would just be going through the motions until I'm able to be re- reunited with them again. That's just kind of the bare bones of my story. That's the summary of my story. I will include more about my story, different things that have happened as time passed after our loss, because it certainly does not end there. And anyone who's had a loss knows that it does not end the day that you leave your hospital with empty arms. It is actually just the beginning. But I will talk to you about how I navigated my own life and my own journey to healing. I did have another baby after our sweet rainbow baby daughter, which will be another story for another time. But I want to leave you today with a quote that I created. Our stories are all so very different, but our ending is the same. None of us get to raise our babies. 